0: With your powers combined, we are FANHOLES! Go Go, go FANHOLES!
1: can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our impressive bodies.
2: Wow. (laughs) Of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me, we don't need another me.
3: (laughs) Oh boy, of the sheer
1: episode. I yes, Derek, lover of lobster women, defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just
4: want to know who is the consultant.
3: He <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea. <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll
2: okay. do it, but I want to be immediately killed after. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other phantoms? Should we like go crazy?
0: <laughs> how does my stupid. You sound beautiful.
3: Like 10 times sexier. Good job.
1: No one gets us because we don't explain it.
3: Hey guys, welcome back to a weird, strange, really kooky episode of Fanel's Podcast. We are doing our Blue Cupcakes Strike Back Month, and we have a very special show for you tonight. I am Derek, Derek WC, and joining me tonight on this trippy endeavor are three, count them, three of my fellow fanholes who are going to be following me jumping off a bridge. Why don't you guys all give a shout out and let everybody know who's here on this psychedelic journey tonight.
1: Hey, it's Mike, and I'm going to fight my way out of the box.
2: This is Justin, and the porpoise is laughing. Hey guys, this is Tony, and
0: I I might not be real, so why are you listening to me?
3: All right, so yeah, I, I, I don't know if... I, I, I highly doubt anybody would get what we're referring to if they weren't intimately familiar with it. In fact, I was not familiar with this at all until it was, you know, suggested by our very own Justin. But as part of Blue Cupcake Strike Back Month, what fits... Greatly into the the nomenclature and theme of blue cupcakes, which is weird for the sake of being weird, super strange stuff that is non sequitur, nonsensical, and all that good jazz. This is the monkey's feature film debut, and it is a movie called Head. So I think what I'm going to do is, is for, for more in-depth specifics, I'm actually going to turn it over to Justin and kind of let him give everyone that's listening the, the full lowdown, the setup on this, and then I think we're going to sort of discuss our impressions of the film.
2: All right, uh, first I'll just give you a little, like, backstory on, you know, the band of monkeys and, and you know in case some people are not familiar with it or maybe they're just too young to like even know like what's a monkey. But like one of the band members, uh Mickey Dolan's he once de- he once described the monkeys as initially being a TV show about an imaginary band that wanted to be the Beatles that was never successful. Although in real life the band actually outsold the Beatles and the Rolling Stones in 1967. The monkeys, like to quote the Beastie Boys, which is weird having to quote them to like explain something relating to the monkeys, but they had to fight for the right. Like they had to fight for more control over songwriting and performing their own instruments. Dolan's even said in an interview the monkeys were not allowed to play their own instruments. This is something like The Simpsons commented on. When little Marge with her monkey's lunchbox is driven to tears upon learning <laughs> didn't write their own songs or play their own instruments But as adult Marge was told the monkeys weren't about music Marge They were about rebellion about political and social upheaval The monkeys also had a television series which ran from September 12th 1966 to March 25th 1968 and despite winning two Emmys the series was cancelled immediately after Filming began on Head. And you're probably thinking, why is the film called Head? And the often repeated joke is, if there was ever going to be a sequel, the marketing, advertising, and everything like that, it would all say, from the people who gave you Head. <laughs> uh, the film was supposedly written under the influences of LSD and copious amounts of weed, and also with the uh, assistance of Jack Nicholson. Head was released November 6, 1968, and had a running time of 86 minutes, with the original cut being 110 minutes. And as for the film, like, how do you even begin to like describe or summarize it? Like, I kind of struggled with that, but taking a page from Derek's book, I'm going to read a synopsis that I stole. Running in from seemingly nowhere, Mickey Dolans, Davy Jones, Michael Nesmith, and Peter Tork, better known collectively as The Monkees, disrupt a bridge-opening ceremony. From where and why did they come to disrupt their proceedings? They were, they were filming a series of vignettes in several different genres. They disagree with much of what is happening around them and try to figure out how to escape their oppression they feel, symbolized by a black box in which they are seemingly imprisoned. By the forces around them. That oppression is often shown in the form of the big victor. And that is the short and sweet of the film Head. Now I'm gonna like go to Tony first because you know, like me, Tony is a huge pop culture junkie. And I also know he's like a you know, he's into music the same as I is. So um Tony, like were you familiar with like the monkeys, like maybe their T V show?
0: Um, as far as the TV show, I was, you know, very familiar with it because, um, even though I am old, I was not old enough for when it first uh, premiered. However, in the late eighties, um, they started rerunning uh, episodes on MTV, and while well, I did see it in uh, my uh, local, like you know, UHF uh, station, look it up, kids. It became really widespread on MTV, <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, is while the monkeys often got derided for not playing their instruments or not writing their own songs, um, it is funny, uh, in the credits in this, uh, Peter Tork did write a couple of songs for this uh, uh, movie. Uh, or at least he's credited as, so who knows. They were really big hits. You know, like there was a lot of big, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of something last train to Clarksville. You know, that was a huge hit. And the monkeys had a very Beatles-esque sound. They were very poppy, very, uh, very high-spirited. And they did sound like the '60s. They had that '60s groove to them. And this movie, it, it's kind of funny how this movie changes the monkeys' kind of public persona because they were goofy. And like you said, the idea of the TV show is like they're not a real band. And this is—it's almost like the best way I can say it is—is is they feel like they're not being treated like real people. There's a couple of lines where they say, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll be, if people keep saying we're plastic, I'll show them how we do the magic. Stuff like that is like they—they they were definitely tired of, you know, the 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 vitriol they got despite being successful. You know, they they hated that that like they were thought of as being talentless, hacked. So that, this is interesting because I never saw the movie before. I was familiar with the uh, TV show.
2: But man, this movie is is a head trip. I'll give you that. Uh, what about you, Derek? Like, are you familiar with the Monkees or their TV series yeah, or their I, music? I, I'm,
3: I'm definitely familiar with the Monkees' music. I I have seen a number of the TV episodes. I think the one that comes immediately to mind is the the one that has Burgess Meredith as the Penguin, just because you know that that was something that probably was something I probably watched. You know, fairly recently, at least in the grand context of things that I sort of have an immediate memory of and everything. But you know, I I don't think I'm the type of guy where it's like, oh, I'm gonna get the the monkeys on Blu-ray and 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 you know get get head on. I mean, I I had never heard of this movie till you mentioned it. You know, so it's it's kind of interesting. Like the the sort of it, it's got this large legacy. You know, in the sense that like they talk about how if it wasn't for this movie. You know, like I mean, you know, it's it's not like Jack Nicholson wasn't a working actor, but he wasn't well known. And the fact that he helped write this, and then the the people that produced this movie went on to produce Easy Rider, and then you know, it's 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 basically like everything sort of spun out of this. So it's like they they talk about how um, the monkeys would get thanked, you know, in in retrospect of like oh, you know, the 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 money the monkeys made. You know, sort of financed easy rider, you know, and that kind of, you know, it, it, for some people, like obviously that that took off, you know, their their career and stuff like that. So that that part of it, like the historical aspect of it, is kind of interesting. I mean, I, I think your struggle to describe the film. I mean, they themselves kind of say this is a you know a film without any story i mean there there essentially is no story i mean this is kind of like you you could either look at it as a really really long art film a lot of the reviews call it a vanity piece i mean that you know to, to me what it reminded me of is like the way bands on mtv would make you know like i was thinking of like things like when when Guns N' Roses were doing the Use Your Illusion albums and they had these grandiose, you know, 10, 15, 30-minute music videos, you know, and shit like that, where you're like, dude, the song's only like five minutes, but yet there's this 30-minute fucking video of, you know, Axl Rose swimming with Stephanie Seymour and all this bullshit, you know? And it's like, it's like at a time, if you were into it, you were all kind of, you know, focused on that. And I imagine people that were super fans of the monkeys might have been into this but it sounds like the marketing was was really fucked up for this where it's like they didn't really advertise it as a monkeys movie so all these kind of intellectuals and and hoity-toity people came in expecting to see like some kind of highbrow movie and then when they saw the monkeys were in it they all bolted and the people that would have gone and seen this just on the strength of the monkeys had no idea the monkeys were in it. And also, the film seemed to sort of reject the pre-established, canned, you know, th- this, this you know, facade that was the monkeys, right? Like, they're, they're, it's almost like, it reminds me of when... Uh, you know there's you know the famous story about john belushi and how you know one of the funniest skits he did on snl to a lot of people was the bumblebee skit and and then when you see you know movies like wired and all this other stuff you know you read these interviews and stuff you know it was always you know john belushi's like the fucking bumblebee you know like he was you know it's like it's like you kind of hate what made you popular somehow, you know what I mean? And 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 that's kind of the vibe you get, I, I think, from this movie. And so I felt like the film was just... It was a bunch of vignettes. It was a bunch of music videos strung together, like, non-sequitur. And, you know, they were trying to make some kind of theme, you know, the, I guess the centralized theme being that, you know, w- which is why it gets referred to as a vanity piece, like, that they you know the the, the monkeys the, the the real people you know could not escape the personas that they made that made them big and put them on the map so that's why you know that's that's the joke they're they're stuck in this box you know they can't escape the box that they've put themselves in even though it seems like they desperately want to i mean it sounds like there was some some kind of thought that this film was almost made just a torpedo the monkeys you know like like that like
0: that i I got that feeling because they 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 really like rip into their personas well
3: it's weird it's like i i think you know because i guess it comes out of a time when you know some of those transitions you could argue happen naturally with a group like the beatles right because they were kind of a poppy band and then transitioned into this kind of you know counterculture whatever they want to call it you know uh music and they were more widely accepted whereas the monkeys are like well we can do that too dude and everybody never really got on the bus for this one you know like it it didn't happen for them you know like this you know i mean arguably this film killed the monkeys but i guess arguably a lot of people thought the monkeys weren't going to last much longer After this film anyway, it kind of reminds me of comic books in a way where it's like, it's kind of like how people are always arguing over, you know, what would make comics sell more, what would be better, you know, And, and you've got this notion that, you know, what originally worked might not have been working, but at the same time, as opposed to going with the tried and true of what worked for say the monkeys or comic books the 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 alternative was no we're just going to force this kind of you know anti-war you know hippy dippy fucking bullshit down your throat and all this kind of uh you know esoteric kind of you know zen bullshit yeah like just just this kind of you know you know essentially you know as Justin was saying like they yeah i mean you know it's it's like the kind of joke of oh you mean somebody smoked weed when they wrote "Quote unquote," wrote this. Like it's like, well, no shit, you know. Like it's like one of these. <laughs> things, it's like you mean this was created? Yeah, I was like, You're like really? the, the, this was created under the auspices of LSD. It's like, w- color me surprised, you know. Like, like it's, it's like one of those <laughs> for, things where it's for, like
0: first fucking five minutes tells you that. You know, it's,
3: it's <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, and you know, so it's just you know, in the, in that sense, like for me, like it's like I think I really tried to focus on this movie. But I I, I got to be honest, like after a while, my focus really waned after maybe the the thirty or forty minute mark because it, it just it, it, the movie just bounces like all over the place and and you know I guess there's something to be said of if you were in the midst of the whole monkey craze that potentially this movie might have held uh, more weight with you if you if you were trying to hyper-analyze it and everything? Because it seems like, you know, I don't know, it's funny, I I hear people name-dropped, where they're like, oh yeah, Edgar Wright loves this movie, you know, Quentin Tarantino loves this movie, and it's just kind of like, okay, whatever, like, I I suppose it's one of those things where, you know, maybe it's hip and cool to, like, you know, kind of say you you, you dug it. I mean, you know, for me, like, it's like, if you take this, I mean, I guess you can't take it at face value, right? You have to look at it as this Proto MTV music video that doesn't make a whole shitload of sense, but this is like an eighty fucking minute, like twenty music videos sh- strung together, and and you know it, it's kind of like like when you w- w- watch those uh, you know those 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 twenty minute Michael Jackson music videos where you're just kind of like, oh, Michael Jackson's gonna like talk and say some shit before he does his song first, uh, okay. You know when you get shit like Captain EO or, you know, Bad or, or 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 what have you, you know, where where there's that extra stuff and it's like you got to be honest with yourself, like did you really care about that extra shit? Like not really. You just you just wanted to hear the fucking song, right? And and I kind of feel like there there there's something to that. Like like you, you the monkeys may think that it's really important for them to have to say what they need to say about themselves but th- I think that's why it gets referred to as a vanity project, because you kind of, you, you kind of stop and go, well, does anybody else really care about what you guys have to say, whether it's about yourself, or, or, you know, war, or, you know, the, the Hollywood studio system, or, or any of this kind of stuff, it's like, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's interesting kind of moments like like i, I kind of like that moment where you know they're they're on the set and and it's it's like a studio western basically and you know some of them are dressed up like union soldiers and some of them are you know dressed up like like uh you know kind of like you know uh, wagon train and all that kind of shit and eventually he just stops giving a shit yeah yeah well cuz it's like it's, it, it's basically like you know Mickey Dolenz is like all right i've had it with this fake shit and he actually literally like rips through the fucking back backdrop yeah. you know and it's like it's like you, yeah. you know what cracked me up about that was i was kind of like if it was cgi i i think i would have thought the whole thing was fake but for some reason because it's a real painted backdrop like i i don't know why but to me that that is kind of shocking where somebody just you know it, it, like it, it, it's like you're you're literally you're literally breaking you know, not not necessarily the fourth wall, but like, it, it's like you're literally breaking your, your backdrop. It's like, it'd be like Captain Kirk going through one of those map paintings, you know, in Star Trek. And it's like <laughs> yeah. the whole time, you know, in your mental head you're like, oh, Captain Kirk's on, you know, SETI Alpha 5 or whatever fucking planet it is. And then all of a sudden William Shatner just busts through it and you realize, oh, wait, no, <laughs> they're on a studio at Desilu. They're at Desilu. you know and it kind of uh, it kind of really snaps you out of the whole thing and that's that's the kind of stuff that goes on in this film there's like a lot of weird whiplash and stuff i mean i, I wrote a bunch of notes about you know what was going on but i don't want to uh, I, I don't want to sort of uh monopolize you know all the talking and everything right i want to say their own piece
2: all right before before we get further into the film i want to like go to mike uh just like mike are you familiar with the monkeys before this
1: I knew of them. I think, honestly, I think the only significant encounter I had with the monkeys, like aside from this, is that joke from The Simpsons you mentioned, yeah. where you know Marge is like, you know, made fun of at at school because they're like, you know, the you know the monkeys aren't even, you know, they don't even sing their own music, and she's like. No! Like, like I I I'm honest I'll be honest like I'm 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 far behind behind the curve on this than like you guys so I mean that's really the only encounter I've had with them like aside from like generally hearing about them.
2: All right, so I, w- I want to ask you first, like, what did you think of the film? Like, did you? You know, kind of like, did you feel like Brian after Tony made him watch like three hours of wrestling? like, did you want to like strangle me for making you watch this? Uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, like i I can I can totally get what Derek said. like I was kind of like drifting off and I like I think like sometimes during like the songs and stuff, I'd listen to like maybe a minute of the song and then I'd be like, okay, I'm skipping ahead. Like when's the next like you know talkie scene or whatever and like I'd go forward a little. And yeah, like, I mean, some of this stuff made me laugh, like, incidentally, like, like I mentioned, like at the end when they're in the box, like, I think that made me laugh. Like, he was like, you want to know how to get out of the box? Like, here's how you get out of the box. And he like kicks the door down and he just <laughs> then it, it, it's like a classic, like Star yeah, Trek or,
0: action scene or
1: Batman. Yeah. Like from the 60s, like action scene where he's like knocking. And I love how the other three of them just like watch him do it. Like, they're like, <laughs> whoa, like. You know, he's, like, beating up all these guys, throwing them over railings. So I, was, I was expecting to hear, the, like, the Wilhelm scream or something when some <laughs> of those guys went over the railing. But, yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, some of it made me laugh. And then, you know, but otherwise I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I, maybe I should have, like, snuck some of my roommate's weed and I would have enjoyed this a little bit more <laughs> or something. But.
2: It, it's funny you mentioned, like, the Adam West Batman influence because I think that's kind of how I sold this movie to you guys. I, de- I described it as being, like part 60s Batman, part, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey.
1: Too great a taste to go. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I can definitely
0: see that, yep.
2: Well, what about you, Tony? Like, were you, like, captivated by the movie, or were you just like, I don't know, what the hell's going on?
0: I think it was a little bit of both. Um, you are talking to a person uh, who, you know, grew up in the 90s. I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, take that for what you will, uh, as far as my past. But I did grow up watching things like Pink Floyd, The Wall, and you know, you know Tommy, you know the 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 pinball fucking wizard movie from The Who. So I'm, I'm kind of used to these high concept, you know, rock and roll bands. You know, I, I watched most of the Beatles movies. I've seen Help, you know, and Right, Heart you and know,
2: Knight. you know, like I thought about having us watch Magical Mystery Tour, but like if you think this is just faintly connected, like, vignettes, like, that's even more, like, way out there. I mean, it's just, it's it's just, like, the Beatles have, like, rented a bus, they're driving around, and it's, like, all improvised scenes, and then, like, a little music video. It's, like, oh, we're going to, like, play Eye on the Walrus, and then it's, like, we're on the bus, and, you know, John's going to, like, make a balloon animal for a little girl, then it switches to, like, the Beatles are all wizards for some reason, and you're just, like, (laughs) what the heck is going on? And, like, I thought about having us watch that. And I was like, no, that's, that's a little too far out there. Maybe I'll save that for like blue cupcakes part three or something.
0: <laughs> the company. uh, uh
2: <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> um, but at the same time, I did find a lot of the imagery pretty interesting to look at. Cause in my head, I'm like, man, some of this looks like just Photoshop out the ass. You know, we're, we're doing, like, you know, fucking inverted, like, you know, light sources, fucking huge saturation blurs and all this crap. But then I was like, also, this is 1968. This is probably kind of, like Derek said, you know, kind of avant-garde artsy house stuff at the time, you know. Were they good special effects? Who knows? I, you know, I'm not a huge, like, film critic, but I'm sure it was very trippy to watch. And it was new, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. Pink Floyd. That was a very trippy experience. And... It was kind of funny because, as many people have stated, including us, the monkeys were hired to basically do a TV show that was about, you know, they, it was a, it was a plot premise show. And it is interesting to see, like, how I guess the bandy thing comes through, because Mickey Dolans and uh, um, Davy Jones do a lot of acting in this. They they do a lot of scenes where they're, they're like, you know, really want to show they can act, you know, like, look at me act, motherfuckers. And that's interesting, and I think Mickey Dolans actually was a pretty good actor in this. Well, uh, he,
2: he was actually like an actor before this. He he was as a little kid. He was on a show called Circus Boy, I think, or yeah, both, you know something like both that.
3: Him and Davy Jones were were kid actors. I I gotta be honest though, Mickey Dolans gets on my goddamn nerves. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think he did all right. We we hey, we both like the Coca Cola. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I I
3: think that's I think that was the probably one of the funniest things because I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, because it's it's one of those things where it's it's abstract, right? He's in the desert, he's shirtless, he and and he comes across you know this Coca Cola vending machine, and it should be essentially an oasis. It's like finding a pond. But but it's this literal like you, you don't even the pond doesn't even have to disappear because he can't get the goddamn refreshing drink out of the fucking vending machine and he beats it the you know to hell you know and it's like that's that's esoteric but you 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 can relate to it and understand it and the 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 truth in it is hilarious but that doesn't always translate in all these venues to me you know but that's i i feel like that's kind of an exception
0: as far as how i took the whole movie i don't know if i'd watch it again and that's not a bad thing yeah
2: i mean i've seen this this is my third time watching this and i think the first time i watched this like i, I think like you guys like i kind of struggled with it and see like i you know kind of like kind of like you tony like i grew up watching reruns of the series and to be perfectly honest, like I, I prefer the series. The series is easier to follow, and it's funnier. Like you're more invested in it, and it's only like 25 minutes too.
0: Yeah, it's lighthearted. Yeah. It's fun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean the first episode it's like Davy Jones saves a princess who is like from a land called Harmonica. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, that's totally like something from like Adam West Batman in my brain. But. Um, like I, I had heard about this movie, and it, you know, it it was like one of those things like you just hear about but you never see. And I don't think I watched this until maybe like 2002 or something, because like um, my senior year in high school, I went through this huge. Beatles phase, and then I like tracked down their movies and you know watched those. And then someone was like, "Oh, if you if you think like Yellow Submarine and Magical Mystery Tour, like really kind of out there wacky movies, like you need to watch Head, like it's even like wackier." And then I finally watched it, and I was like, you know, kind of like you guys were saying, like about 30 minutes in, you're just like, "What? I don't know." I mean, I think the the scene for me was like at the very beginning where they're like on the battlefield. And then the football player comes out and starts like hitting them. I'm just like, wait, what am I watching? Like, I know it's weird, but like, what, what's going on? And then I think my favorite sequence is the one where like they're they're dandruff and they're like rolling around in the giant like wig or whatever, and they get sucked into the vacuum cleaner. I was like, what's going on But the vacuum cleaner? It's like a
0: commercial. Then it just gets yeah. really weird.
2: Yeah, you're like, okay, they're filming a commercial, but then they like literally get sucked into the vacuum cleaner and like. You know, there's like a cigarette butt and like a thumbtack, and you're like, "Wait, what's going on?"
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's it's so surreal, and like some like like Derek said, you know, we we're talking about the uh the Coca-Cola, you know, uh, skit, and also I agree that the uh the Wild West skit kind of hit home as far as funny because at one point he's like just getting shot with arrows, and he's like, "Come on," <laughs> you know? I'm yeah, like, oh, God, I like that. that. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah, and like that those those land. But then there was like that one skit where it's uh, uh, Davy, was it Davy or was it Mickey? Crap, no, it was Peter. It was Peter. Peter's trying to find Davy, and it's Mike Nesmith and Peter Torque, not Peter Torque, but a uh, fucking Mickey Dolan's, just watching this girl in a bikini who is hot, by the way. I'll give her that. She's she's a hottie boomalati, but she's like overacting on top of this building in a bikini, like I'll do it, I'll jump, and they're like, you know like you know bet you ten bucks she does it and he's like no she won't and like the payoff is later Peter or Davey comes back this movie gets so fucking crazy I can't remember who comes back and who leaves um and Mike and uh Mickey are sitting there and Mike's holding her and he's giving her like Mickey's giving him money and like and I'm like so she jumped but Mike just caught her and I'm like what the fuck is going
4: on
0: (laughs) Like they were playing with someone's life for a ten dollar bet. It was like I don't, yeah, I don't get it. I, I think one of the one that gets, I did want to bring up to everybody. Uh, I know this is your jam, Justin. I'm I'm wondering your opinion first. The 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 fucking Mike one where he gets woken up, and it's like a big birthday party, and he just turns into a salty bitch.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. Like, I mean, it starts off. It's like they're singing happy birthday, and you know, there's like a ton of people there, and he just. Kind of like, he doesn't get furious, but he's like kind of mad. He's like, "Oh, what is this? You're singing me Happy Birthday," and he's just like, he throws a fit. And I was just like, "Oh, okay." Like, I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, and like the whole
0: like the like the big you know zinger joke is he's like, and I mean the same thing for Christmas, and everybody's like,
2: <gasps> and I'm just See, like. like- that, that I identify with because, you know, I don't like that holiday. <laughs> but, like, the rest yeah. of it where he's just throwing a fit about his birthday party, I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe that's just, like, a personal, you know, thing for him. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think about that little skit? Did that, like, was that, like, I don't know what's going on, or did, did it actually make sense? Or I mean, the that, whole fucking movie doesn't make sense, but still. Yeah.
1: That that, that kind of spoke to me because I was kind of like, it's like if you're in a restaurant with your family and like it's your birthday, and you explicitly like tell them, "Look, don't tell like the restaurant it's my birthday because I don't want those fucking waiters coming out and singing like a happy birthday or whatever." You know when it, when it used to be like they couldn't use the birthday song, they'd like make birthday, up one birthday, where it'd be birthday, like, you know, "Fuck yeah, you that in the ass, birthday, birthday, birthday,
4: fuck birthday, birthday. Birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you in like, And they here's some so fuck sing. you, yeah.
3: you know. yeah, but whatever. But
1: like but you tell them not to do it and then you, they do it anyway and you're just like uh like i, I i'm going to murder these people like or whatever and like i kind of like I, I identify with that where he's like you know did you guys ever think like you know that i might not like i might have preferred to be alone on my birthday like you know you didn't even ask me like you know so like i guess i kind of identified
3: with that like so like I, I got that so sometimes i think the 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 esoteric nature of the scenes comes from things that you might not necessarily be privy to. Like, you try to put meaning to the scene, but the real reason is... It's it's like one of those things, like, you you may say, Oh, that opening scene is a commentary on the sexual promiscuity of the 60s, right? Like, the girl comes in and kisses all four of them, right? And it's supposed to be this in-depth commentary... But you know what? It may just be the monkeys are like, "Hey, can we just get a scene where we all kiss like a hot chick, please?" And they're like, "Well, we can only afford one, so let's just have her go make out with all four of them." And then they're like, "Okay, that meets my contract, and and that's the end, and that's yeah." And and
0: then like it's it's a payoff joke of like you know who was better, and she's like, "You're all the same.
3: (laughs) You're all average." You know, like or whatever, yeah. whatever she says, right? But, but like that—that's the thing, though. It's like, it's like you know, who knows? You know, like, like is that just because they wanted to have a bunch of cameos? You know, is that is that the whole? You know, when they're in the diner and and uh, um, I'm trying to think when they're in the diner and Peter Torque punches out the waitress the man dressed in drag as the waitress or whatever it's like is the reason for that scene because it's some meta-textual commentary on stuff about violence and violence against women or violence against transgender whatever people or whatever or is it just they want to have a scene where jack nicholson and 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 you know, all, uh, Peter Fonda and all these people can be in the background, Frank Zappa. yeah, and and just kind of have a have a day, you know, where they're like, oh, cool, this is the day where everybody gets to like, you know, do a LSD on the set and and make out with chicks and snort coke and do whatever. And it's like that's just an excuse because that's that's part of the slush fun, you know what I mean? Like that was party day, and they just made up the fucking thing about punching the waitress so that everybody could be in that same scene. You know, like that that's kind of the stuff that I think about when 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 the the randomized nature of that kind of stuff comes up.
0: Does it make me go down the rabbit hole as far as one thing though? I was used to Terry Garr being like this like sitcom slash crappy like TV like drama person and like her fucking acting career goes down the rabbit hole. She's been in a lot of weird shit. <laughs>
3: Well, that was that was weird. That was weird to see uh, Annette Futicello like in that whole violin serenade scene, and then it goes into the whole yeah, know, like the yeah, because because then then you're like, well, wait, like it's like this is pre Rocky, but I felt like somehow it it turned into a Rocky skit, you know, after that or something. I don't know. It's like that's that was one of those things that kind of you know, I mean, one of the many things. You know, that sort of threw me for a loop, you know, while I was watching this. Or, like, the, the, the that, that scene where they go into the, the bathroom and there's the fucking uh, superimposed eyeball in the medicine cabinet or whatever. And, like, and, and,
0: and, and, and uh, warp. <laughs> like
3: Peter Tork is, like, whistling strawberry fields. And all I could think of is, like, how, how yeah. did they get away with that? Like, that would have never flown. You know, like, they would have had to pay the Beatles, you know? Like, so, I don't know. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what's going on, and 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 it seemed like at least when I was reading interviews for the the director, he was like, well, I didn't want to pick just one type of movie to direct for my first movie, so I did them all, and it's kind of like one of those things where where it's like, oh, so he did, you know, he did a, a he did a Waterworld movie, he did a, a military movie, he did. Uh, a western movie, he did a horror movie where they're running through with the cobwebs and the eyeball and the skeletons and, you know, he did a, he did a, a frickin' porn movie cause, cause it's like the, the four-way with the frickin' monkeys in the beginning you know, like, all, or, or, yeah, yeah or, or, or a political, you know social commentary movie, you know so it's like, it, it's like there's all these different sort of threads going through this and uh, you know obviously they didn't they, they did not pick a, a a solid theme other than you know I guess the monkeys or whatever but
0: I think one of the things that really comes up a lot and I didn't mention this earlier is like there there's many references to what Justin was saying that this was a fake ban that they're not really you know really for reals and i know like uh for example in like the first, the second uh music you know scene they're playing a song you know it's actually a pretty like you know light boppy song and and they're in front of a screaming crowd of people like you know like the ed sullivan theater you know it's like kind of supposed to mimic that and also they superimpose like you know fucking i guess china or something like that during like you know some of the uprisings and stuff and like people getting shot and stuff and a lot of the people cringing when they're singing i'm like oh okay it's, hi um, i get you
3: like oh this just, just for huh? for clarification it's 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 vietnam like it's during the tet offensive oh, vietnam, so i mean it's okay. it's it's a, it's a uh, clear political anti-war statement i mean they you know just just to clarify but yeah
0: no, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you're right. I, I do remember that, like that one gunshot scene, be something I've seen many times. It, it's before. a
3: real, it's a real, you know, execution basically. So there, I mean, it, it's yeah. it's tantamount to, to I don't know, putting you know, putting something from you know, like when they put clips of, of Hitler Square or, or, or whatever, you know, it, it's tantamount to putting some some real pertinent historical moment that was captured on camera in your movie for for, I don't know, psychedelic effect, for, I don't know, like, like, that kind of stuff, like, if I stop and think about it, like, that's the kind of stuff that y- usually ends up pissing me off, you know, like, because it's, like, one of those things where you're, like, well, w- you know, even even the scene, as absurd as it is, where he runs into the football player and steals his helmet and all that other stuff, because the way they cut back and forth, it's they're in the war zone, but then they're in the quote-unquote war zone of being the monkeys and being sort of in the midst of their fandom and I'm I'm just kind of like like are, are you serious are you seriously comparing the quote unquote perils of being a rock star with being in a fucking war zone like are you for fucking real like like to me it was like one of those things where it's like if it wasn't supposed to be a satire you'd sit there and go you fucking doofuses don't even know how to hold rifles much less be in a war zone. So what the fuck do you know about it? You know, and that that's the kind of thing like that I end up thinking like when I see that kind of stuff. You know, because it's like, to me, I think that's just people that are talking large but have no concept of, of what they're, they're commenting on, you know?
2: I, I wanted to say earlier, like you said you don't really care for, you know, Dolan's. And I'm like, well, you probably saw a bunch of interviews where he was like kind of full of himself because like that's kind of how I feel about him too. Like I think he's kind of... He's really big on himself, and, like, he even talked—there's one interview where he's, like, he's talking about how they, you know, they had to fight to, like, play their own music and write their own songs and all this, and he's like, it's like if Leonard Nimoy actually became a Vulcan, and then they cut to, like, Peter Tork, and he's like, ah, he's like, Mickey, like, enough with the Vulcan thing, so, like— (laughs) <laughs> Apparently that's like an off-repeated thing, and they're just like they're just like, oh man, like you're so full of yourself. Like, stop saying that.
0: Yeah, and well, well the, the the thing I was going to mention is like after that concert, quote unquote, footage. The the fans, the the screaming girls, the Ed Sullivan girls, like storm the stage. and they not they don't just like grope onto them, you know. Like, oh, we're rock stars. They they like turn into mannequins, and they're being pulled apart. And it's like, oh, they're fake. Look at us, we're fake, and like we're being pulled apart by our fans. And it's like. I I thought that was a little heavy-handed. I'm like, okay, I got it. I
2: got it. Yeah, the, the whole movie kind of is heavy-handed with that. But, like, you know, part of the – I guess part of the idea behind it was they did feel like they were trapped in that way, you know, trapped in the box or whatever. Um, And then part of it was they were kind of celebrating that they were destroying themselves in a way because, like – they they had this manager, and he was the one who was like picking the songs for them. You know, and they what, were what like, was oh. he, was he like Big Vic in the movie, more or less? No, the Big Victor, well, like that was supposed to be like, you know, their label, like Victor RCA. And that's like, ah, you know, okay, cool. Okay, you know, guys. Gotcha. But anyway, they had like this music producer, and he, he basically had the absolute say. So he's like, okay, you're going to do, you know, I'm a believer, and you're going to record it, and you're going to like it. And then. They eventually managed to wrestle control away from him. Like the TV producers had some kind of say-so in all this. The producers sided with the monkeys and they fired that guy. And then once they fired him, that's when things kind of like started to – take it downward turn like their singles weren't as good and they weren't selling as many records and they started like playing their own instruments like all four of them and then they kind of realized oh this is hard like they even say that in an interview they're like it took us six weeks to make an album i think it was headquarters and they're like you know a professional artist could have did this in like maybe two weeks or something you know he's like you know we we kind of like overestimated ourselves you know like we thought we had this but we didn't have it they, so they, they are they kind of bought into their own hype. Yeah, they, they they kind of did, and I think that's why there's a lot of like, you know, heavy-handed stuff into this. Well, if you if you go into
3: the if you go into the stupid analogy, everybody wants uh, Mickey Dolan's to drop. They they all thought they could do the Vulcan nerve pinch or whatever, and then they yeah. they're sitting there trying to like pinch some guy's fucking neck, and they're like, "Why isn't this guy falling over? I don't get it." You know, like, and it's like because you're not the fucking Vulcan, right? Like that was. That was all a fucking illusion. It was a sham. Like somebody, it's like Roddenberry and all these other guys made the Vulcan nerve pinch work. It's like it's really the guy on the other end of the fucking pinch that sells the Vulcan nerve pinch, not you. You know, like the, the, It's like those are the things that people yeah. kind of miss out on. I think.
0: Well, and, and like you were saying, like uh, Derek was saying this, or 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 both have said this. It was almost seen like as a bandy project for some for some of the uh, skits. And like one of the ones that sticks out really big is like, I could see that really bad is when Davy Jones is doing his little song and dance number and he's dancing his heart out. He's like, give it all. He's doing the WB frog. Hello, my baby. Hello. my. And he's singing And it's actually a jaunty tune. I actually kind of enjoyed it. It was like a weird break, but I mean like the first thing I thought is like a lot of people had given, had given Davy Jones shit for not being a good dancer. He's supposed to be a song and dance guy and he's like bitches I'll show you how I can dance.
3: <laughs> it's weird because Peter, Peter Tork is always saying in interviews it seems like like he would have preferred them to escape the box by the end of the movie. Like Like that he wanted some kind of positive message. Like that they would have gotten out of the box and it would have been a "Quote unquote happy," it was ending. a downer. Yeah. You know, no. Well, you know, you know what's weird to me though. It's like it's like I I think it's kind of a catch twenty two because if you look at the the metaphor as being the monkey's career, right? If they stay in the box, even if they rest control of that box, like Justin explained they die in that box, like, you know, metaphorically speaking, True. right? The, mo- the monkeys did yeah. literally die, right? Whether they made this movie or whether they ignored the producer who basically made them, right? They, they died on the strength of what happened with that. If they escaped the box, like, if this movie somehow gave them their own thing, right? And they got to do whatever they wanted to do, which seems like... They did have some control vested back, right? Well, that wasn't what the public really wanted, right? Like, they wanted the monkeys that were, you know, these, these pre-canned, you know, uh, creations. You know, they, they uh, uh, just to put it in, in simple terms that everybody would understand, I love fake tits. A lot of people don't like fake tits. They go, Ew, tits are fake. Like, those aren't real. Guess what? I like them. They're really cool. You know? like And it's like one of those things where I think the mass public was like, We wanted the the fake tits monkeys. And then when they didn't get them, when, when the people are like, I can't believe I have to put this poisonous silicone in my chest. Like, this is so wrong. I'm going to take it out, and I'm going to do my own thing. And then when the public turns against them and goes, oh, well, you weren't as hot as I thought you were without those big fake tits. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, why didn't we get out of the box? You know, and it's kind of like, I don't know. Like, it, to me it seems like they, you know, they they had their time, but... I think after that, you know, it's like everything else. You know, it was it was sort of a fleeting thing. You know, they they were the success story they were for a, a, a multitude of factors, and once they started pulling out those factors, like a, a Changa piece, you know, eventually the building sort of fell apart. You know, and I, I don't think whether they were in control of it or or somebody else was in control of it. I don't I don't know that that would have necessarily somehow had a happy ending either way, you know?
0: They, they, they wanted to be like, you know, I guess by this movie, they actually thought they could be the Beatles cause they were really popular, but they didn't realize that Like at best there may be boy George in the culture club.
2: <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, Brad Pitt in the movie seven. I'm just like, Oh, come on. What's in the box. <laughs> <laughs> the, one of the things I do like about the movie, and this is kind of a weird thing, but like, I like that it ends at the beginning and they even kind of, like... It is kind of a
0: Pulp Fiction-y kind of, like, full circle thing, yeah.
2: They even kind of mention that near the beginning, you know, there's a scene where they're kind of kind of talking and the screen is filled with little TV screens. And they even say, like, when you arrive at the end, it may resemble the beginning. And then when they actually get there, you know, you see them, like, you know, Dolan runs through the little, like, ribbon that's going to be cut and they jump off the bridge again. Like, that that's something I've always liked. And I've kind of, I've snuck that. Into like a few episodes of this show that I've edited, like there's a couple episodes like they, you know, when you get to like the stinger at the end that'll like lead you right back to the beginning of the episode, just the way that I've, you know, did that. Like I guess I guess that's my own little like you know, Quentin Tarantino like I like this movie, <laughs> you know, little pretentious.
0: <laughs> well, well, well. To be fair though, like I, I was going to mention that to you, Justin, <clears throat> when they're doing their like little kind of like you know, hey, we're the monkeys, you know, like kind of updated version of their their theme song. Um, all the TV screens are actually like the the cutaways to each of the 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 song numbers or the the vignettes in the movie. It's like every single one, because like the the scene will come up and I'm like, oh, that was on the TV screen. That was like the first scene of that that vignette. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I thought that was clever. Maybe maybe you know, clever for cleverness sake. But I I would have thought of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I did want to uh, touch on as well, um, the actual music in this. Because, uh, as Justin has said, you know, me and him both are, are really big into music. And a lot of these songs did kind of go off the standard monkeys kind of uh, sound.
2: This is, you know, like I said, this is the point where they were definitely writing their own songs. Like, I think the, the song I'm a Believer, like, I think that, like, that was actually written by Neil Diamond. Like, he never performed it, but he wrote it, and then the producer was like, you're going to do the song. And then, you know, Peter Tork's like, I hate this. I hate this bubblegum pop. Like, we're going to do our own thing. But yeah. in the film, it's totally – the songs are totally not that bubblegum pop. I mean, you have – my favorite song, to be honest, is the one you hear at the beginning, the Porpoise song. Like, I love that song. And then the other one I like is Circle Sky. And then the other songs I'm just kind of like, eh, I kind of feel iffy about. They're like some of them are okay, and then some of them are just really kind of forgettable. I,
3: I think it's kind of telling that Mike wanted to fast forward through the majority of the songs, like <laughs> yeah,
1: not really my kind of
3: music. Well, no, no, no. I um, mean, I'm not even I'm not even saying that as a judgment against you personally I'm, I'm more saying that as a judgment against, for the time for no, that music I, i'm just yeah. saying more of a judgment against the songs themselves i mean if they were if they were the least bit compelling and you know despite any kind of strangeness about the film and the backdrop in general like i, I you know i see what justin's saying about the purpose song because it 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 has a, rep- you know, it repeats in the film, so there is sort of like a callback to the beginning and the end, and, and kind of how, you know, that, that that's something that Justin seemed to key in on, where, you know, it's, it it's becomes this repetitive cycle, this loop, you know, and that, that's, you know, conceivably, if you want to get all, you know, metaphysical and, and hinky-dinky about it, I mean, there's a point to that where the the monkeys are trying to say that they're stuck in this loop, Of being this fake pop band and they can't escape and and you know there is some sort of you know deeper meaning behind that in a through line but you know irregardless or regardless of all that you know kind of nonsense it's like the song itself like you know that i think that's probably one of the better songs you know in the film at least whereas the other ones are I you know like I I kind of like Mike I I didn't fast forward through any of them but I mean I, I I certainly lost focus unless there was something else that I keyed in on you know whether it's did like you, Tony did you
0: kind of like the David Jones song a dance number? Eh, I
3: mean I don't you know it's like the the, the stuff that I, I mean to me it was like it was like I I would look at like some of the visuals sometimes you know especially like what you're yeah, saying yeah. like where you're like oh look there's a there's a really beautiful woman you know. Belly dancing in the background, or whatever you know, like though it's like that might have gotten my attention, but I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think like it had anything to do with you know the music or anything.
0: A lot of the tracks would have been really good background incidental music, but as standing on their own, it's just like, all right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's very telling that the soundtrack for this film like was not a big success. Like, I think. I think Porpoise Song was, like, their first single that was not, like, a top thirty song. Like, I think it was only, like, somewhere in maybe, like, you know, 60s. Like, as far as, like, you know, chart, you know, status or whatever. So which like, was,
0: Which was terrible for them for that, you know, for that being their first, like, this is us song. Yeah, yeah
2: I mean, especially for, like, a popular band, it's, like. Their previous albums all went to number one. Most of their singles were like number one or number two. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, like in 1967, they outsold the Beatles and the Stones. And then they put out the soundtrack for Head, and it's a disaster. And the movie's... Regarded as a disaster, yeah, at least the at the mo- time, the movie, for financial. The movie didn't. It made money.
3: The movie didn't make any money. Right? Yeah, I thought a big sum I thought. Well, yeah, like oh, okay. w- in terms of, well, we'll think of it this way though. Like people argue now over whether what the formula is. Like supposedly it's two and a half times what the budget is today. But even yeah, yeah, but it wasn't even a
0: blockbuster, I thought it
3: made. Money. No, 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 it didn't. I mean, it, it, it like that's yeah. the whole point. It cost like. I think $800,000 to make this movie, right? But what what did they make in the theaters? Like 16,000? S- s- I don't I mean I, I mean they they, oh, they, oh, okay. they lot, you know what yeah. I mean? Like they, they like that that's the whole point of it was it was marketed not to the fans of the Monkees and then those kind of erudite kind of intellectual people that it was marketed to, once they saw the monkeys were in the movie, you know, yeah, they may have had that first batch of people's money, but then they all left and told everybody else, oh, don't see this shit. It's marketed as intellectual, but you know those dumb guys from that TV show, The monkeys. Like, they're, this is a movie about them, and then, so none of those people came and watched the movie after that, and none of the monkeys people that were legitimately fans, like, Noodle, to go watch it, because I think, I think, like, the commercials or the posters were just, like, you know, some guy, you know, some guy's face and the head and written on the, you know, it was all esoteric fucking crap that, you know, nobody, nobody knew what it was, you know, so... I don't know. find
0: the like clever joke, if there was a sequel, you know, from the... Well, not sequel, but another movie. <laughs> well, that the, I, think, I think the code. idea was
3: if they... That's a terrible title, if, Head. If, if they went to make Easy Rider, they would have said, from from the producers who brought you, you know, or from the producers who gave you Head or whatever, you know, like, and that would have been the gag, but it's like, this movie did so horribly, they didn't even use that gag because they didn't want anybody to know they were the people who made this they, they want to associate movie.
2: with it. Yeah. Yeah. They're oh. like, No, no, we didn't give you head. <laughs>
0: we totally left you zipped up, you're fine. <laughs>
2: get it? Do you get it? <laughs>
0: um, I did say that like, you know, Mickey Dolans and uh Davy Joes did a lot of acting in this. They were they were probably the two biggest, like, you know, uh, leads, I guess you would say, as far as the band. I did not, however, say they did good. I said they acted their asses off in their minds. Do you think any of the four did like any good acting, do you think, like, you know, in the TV show, like, they were giving comedy things, it was a lot of slapstick, and a lot of, like, you know, funny one-liners, but in this, you know, there was, like, moments where they were trying to be serious, and it was just like, I don't know if I'm buying it.
3: (laughs) I I don't know, I mean, I I don't have anything nasty to say about Peter Torque or Davy Jones, or even, even, uh, Michael Nesmith, but Mickey Dolan's gets on my... Goddamn last nerve! Like he, I don't know. He seems kind of over the top to me for somebody who is suppo who who supposedly has some experience. You know, I mean, uh, along with like say Davy Jones. You know what I mean? Like, like if if you're going from the vantage point of oh well, he's he's been doing this for years because he did it when he was six years old or whatever. It's like I I don't know. He just may, maybe it's just his his personality conflicts with you know whatever it is but i i i I just think he's like really over the top in this movie and like i don't i I guess i don't find that believable but but i guess the whole movie is pretty unbelievable as it is right
2: well when they were assembling the monkeys like they weren't looking for like people who even had talent like they wanted people who had a certain look and a personality like everything else was you know came afterwards pretty much
0: yeah, Mickey was a drummer, Davey was a cute guy, Mike was like the, the the hippie, and Peter Tork was like the zen, you know, like laid-back guy. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I do like sense some of Peter Tork's annoyance, though, because even though I did say there was like vanity points in this, you know, where, you know, we're plastic, we're not real, you know, a lot of stuff. One, one thing that really did kind of make me giggle, because I, I, I knew how the show was, is during the whole boxing thing where uh Mickey Dolans is again overacting and he's like, I'm not the dummy, and he's punching everybody out. He even punches a girl, which I thought was kind of funny. Just because of the how it's set up, is like this hot, like, you know, gun mall for for this like, you know, shady uh, uh underworld boss who's played by Mike Nesmith, and he's like walking with her and he like turns around and punches her. I'm like, Okay, that's kinda funny. Peter Torque arrives in front of him and he's like, Mickey, I'm always the dummy. You know that. He's like, Oh yeah, you are the dummy, and I'm like I thought that was a kind of a cool meta joke. I thought that was funny because that was Peter Tork's role in the TV, so he was always the stupid
2: one. I got to say, again, like, you know, if you're at all curious about this film, like, I would kind of say watch the series a little bit instead, maybe. Like, because this is not – this is not something you just want to, like, dive into. Like, I would – to be honest, like, I would, like, rather watch the series because, like I said, it's – more entertaining, and it's definitely funnier.
0: Yeah, I, I feel bad for Mike going in cold, because not only is this really weird, but there are, like I said, there's a lot of in-jokes with the TV show, and I'm sure Mike was like, you know, even more what the fuck than we were.
1: Yeah, like, I really had no context for anything that was an inside joke or a reference or anything. I just, you know, figured it was, like you, like you guys said, like an LSD-inspired,
3: like, trip or whatever, so... Like the talking cow that says, Monkeys is the craziest people." <laughs> the fuck was uh, that?
2: That was awesome.
3: It's like, dude, what is that like the live action bat cow? Like right there? That's not was to say. It's like, <laughs> Bruce Wayne and Damien is the craziest people.
0: One, one thing I did want to bring up. I, I did feel the ending was also rushed. And when I say rushed, I don't just mean like because of filming. They literally just, for some reason, despite this supposed to be, like, you know, a head-trippy, serious film, they do, like, a a sped-up Benny Hill thing at the end. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) That that just, like, really... Again, this movie, I think the biggest problem with it is it breaks so many you know, uh moments where you're like, okay, I'm getting into this. This is kind of cool. I like Davy Jones like being kind of cool, kick ass. He, he did remind me a lot of Chekhov. Who would have figured? You know, he's like fighting people on the stairway and stuff. I'm oh that's kind of cool. And like the monkeys are gonna break out. And then we have this like really silly like, you know, you know, you know breaking bottles people's over people's heads and like everybody moving really fast and like running away. And I'm just like, oh this is it it is I don't want to say it's a tough watch, but it's like you you, you don't just know what's not going on because of the visuals. The visuals don't help, don't get me wrong. They are very weird, and everybody is... We've all stated, you know, these are obviously drug-induced, you know, visuals. But even the regular visuals don't tie together really well to a narrative. It's just like, okay, football player in World War I, and uh, I don't
2: don't know what's going on. I, I know what's going on. It's because it has already begun. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say justin though i I will get your back as far as if you are a monkeys fan if you do like like the monkeys especially the tv show and you're familiar with them you should give head a watch i i am not regretting that i watched it i'm not sure what the fuck i watched but, but having seen it you know yeah it, it's worth a it's worth a, at least one viewing
2: yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask you guys if you, like, would ever watch it again, or maybe, like, Mike would be, like, you know, he's, I, I feel like Mike's going to be, like, Data and, you know, Star Trek Generations. He's like, I hate this, and then he's going to make his roommate suffer with it, too, or something.
1: <laughs> no, but, I mean, my roommate would probably enjoy it,
3: but, like, I probably won't, like, you know, bring it up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not upset that I watched it or anything. I think. I think if I did. Yeah, if, I'm glad I saw
1: it at least. I, I think yeah. if I
3: did watch it again, like because I'm pretty sure there's a Criterion edition. I mean, I, I'd be curious to hear this with maybe commentary or something from people that were involved or something like that. You know, just just to for giggles to hear what they have to say about stuff. You know, because maybe there'd be some additional insight. You know, into whatever the process or, or whatever was on people's minds at the time and things like that but i i, I don't you know i like, kind of like what you're saying i mean it'd probably be much more fun if you're if you're operating out of a sense of nostalgia you would you'd more than likely want to watch the tv series this is this is you know i mean it, you know i hate to say it but this is a bonus feature you know this is like that weird little esoteric vanity project that kind of wraps things up but it's it's not getting you know mtv's the state on dvd and watching all three seasons it's watching that cbs special that wasn't quite as good as the show on mtv you know it's like it's like it's like this extra little thing that not too many people know about but it's it's if you're a big fan it's it's probably you know you can't exclude it you know you can't you know you can't leave out, you know, Legends of the Superheroes, you know, it's like you, you sort of, if you're going to do an Adam West Batman binge watch, you know, you gotta, gotta kind of bring up like, oh yeah, there was that kooky TV special, you know, like it's not as good as
0: <laughs> Return to the Batcave, it, it's, not, it's
3: not as good as the 66 TV show, but, but it is still officially, you know, Adam it's West there. and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin, you know.
2: I, I kinda like Return to the Pet Cave. No, <laughs> well, I mean like I said, this isn't this isn't
0: I don't think it's bad. I just think it's cluttered and weird and if you like the monkeys, you'll like seeing them on, you know, the screen again, especially in something new if you haven't watched it. And like Derek, if you hate Mickey Dolans, you at least have something to hate him in again.
3: So that's cool. <laughs> so should we should we move on now to the standard proper awesome thing of the week? Yes. All right. So, uh, in case people haven't heard Awesome Thing of the Week in a long time, this is a traditional fan hole segment where we ask all the fan holes on the show, what is awesome in their world this week? And since this is a standard proper show, even though it's part of the Blue Cupcake Strike Back month, we are going to go through and do a What is Awesome in Your World This Week segment. So I'm going to start with Justin because I'm curious. What is awesome in your world this week, Justin?
2: I have three things, but I'll try to be brief about them. My first thing is I've been watching the TV show Halt and Catch Fire. And this is, sadly, its last season. And actually, as we're recording this, the series finale is airing. But I really like this show. It's basically about the computer and electronics industry and it kind of starts in the early 80s with this kind of like uh, wacky kooky group of characters who don't quite get along and they're trying to build a computer and then each season there's a little bit of a time skip where it gets further you know it's like the late 80s and right now in the final season it's like 94 or 95 and they're just starting to like create like search engines and that kind of thing so it's really kind of interesting so it's a really great show I think I think Derek would like it actually my second thing is a graphic novel called my favorite thing is monsters by Emile Ferris this is one of those things I don't know how to describe really but it's it's kind of about this little girl who's growing up in the late 60s and like the title says she loves monsters it's her favorite thing She's really, like, obsessed with all things monster-related, like the universal monsters and the kind of uh, magazines at the time, like, you know, creepy and eerie and that kind of thing. And she's even represented in this graphic novel as, like, a little werewolf girl. The uh, Basically, the story is she has a neighbor who is murdered, and she's trying to... Uncover who was the murderer it's like she kind of she thinks it was she thinks the murderer might be her brother or her neighbor or even her mom and then she's kind of like Getting into the backstory of this murdered woman like she because she has like a whole history and you know World War two and all this stuff but like the thing I really like is the art style of this It's kind of like every every page looks like a you know sheet of paper from like a wire notebook And everything is drawn in, like, ink pen. And it's very kind of – it's kind of like that sketchy, cartoony, realistic kind of, like, rubber crumb style. And every now and then there will be, like, this, like, beautiful, like, pen, like – kind of like a faux – Creepy or eerie cover or where it's like recreating something or it's you know it's like something kind of like generic like you know zombies chasing people or something but like i i'm I'm really like not doing good a good job of selling this but like i I really enjoyed it, but like it I think if you if you like those things, I think you should check it out I think you'll really like it um my final thing, and my favorite thing that's awesome in this in the this week is um some of you may remember we did a episode of Big in Japan a while back where we talked about uh, the first Pokemon movie and you know through the course of the discussion I mentioned I never got my ancient Mew card when I saw the film and whereas Mike was like oh I've got like a dozen of them <laughs> so like uh, yesterday <laughs> yesterday actually like I got a little letter in the mail from Mike and it was da 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 an ancient Mew card and I thought I was like whoa this is awesome so. Thank you, Mike, for sending me an Ancient mew card. I finally have one.
1: <laughs> you're, you're very welcome. Like, I, I didn't even, like, plan it, but, like, I, I think I kind of joked in that show that, like, uh, during that time, like, we, we had an inn at the theater, so we, like, got access to a bunch of those, like, exclusive cards, and, like, I think I got, like, you know, three or four of them each, so uh like last week i was uh or earlier this week i was like looking in my storage and i like found like some of my pokemon cards and i was like oh wouldn't it be funny if i like sent justin you know the very card i mocked him for not having basically so (laughs) yeah so I, i thought you'd get a kick out of that and i'm glad you liked it
3: cool so since we're since we're already chatting with mike what about you man what what is awesome in your world this week
1: a current I've got a couple things uh, or three things actually and I I know this we're we're recording this extremely early so like uh, who knows what it'll be like when this actually airs but I just like to say like Dragon Ball Super has gotten really good like in the last couple months and like yeah. as as yeah I'm sure Justin will agree with this too like as we're recording it's like Goku just had his first Squabble, I guess, with Jaren, who you know is has been built up as I don't know, I kind of feel like he's almost like supposed to be a Superman like stand-in or something like in mm-hmm. the Dragon Ball universe where he's this unbeatable guy and like Goku's like you know strongest enemy or whatever and yeah like they just had their first fight and it like it they were really like hyping this fight up. And it was, it was like, you know, everyone was looking forward to it. Like, you know, Japan was looking forward to it. The U.S. was looking forward to it. I think I was laughing with Justin last week because, like, before the episodes aired, it was like they I was seeing on YouTube all these, like, pre-game, like, pre-fight, like, <laughs> yeah. com- commentary, like, roundtables on YouTube where it was like, you know, I think, you know, the person who, like, hits the hardest we'll win the fight you know like, <laughs> it's like all like those football like commentaries or whatever but but yeah like those episodes were really good and like you know by the time this this airs like you know the the story will have progressed a lot farther but you know i i enjoy watching that show every week and it's you know it's a ratings juggernaut over in japan so i think we'll be in dragon ball like for the foreseeable future now like but um and then uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is uh, I, I just got Titans Return Overlord, and he's, like, standing on my desk right now, and he's he's pretty awesome. Like, he, I got a, a couple upgrade kits for him, so he has, like, better shoulders and a better gun, and, yeah, he's, you know, we've been waiting for a good Overlord toy since, like, you know, Last Stand of the Wreckers, basically, and that was, like, tw- 2010, so, you know, seven years later, and we finally got one, so, yeah, I like that toy. And, uh, my final thing is, um, I'm currently playing Marvel versus Capcom infinite, which is like my current fighting game of the, of the, of the moment. And like, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, you know, when well, my team is like Hawkeye and Dormammu and I, sometimes I switch out Dormammu for Hulk and, uh, like I, I just, you know, I, I like those games and, I, I just hope by the time that this episode airs, they'll have nerfed the fuck out of friggin' Dante because all the stupid idiot, like, noobs who can only button mash just use Dante because he's got all these friggin' baby, like, auto combos, and I hate you, Dante players. Is, is so, Dante, like...
3: like, the cable of, of this
1: version yeah, of Marvel
0: vs. Yep. Capcom? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ne- Nemesis is pretty OP, too, isn't he?
1: Yeah, Nemesis is pretty powerful, but he's just not, like, I don't know. Dante, it's like every movie has is, like, a ten-hit combo, basically. And then they string, like, three of these moves together, and you're just pretty much sitting there helpless to do anything for, like, 20 seconds. Where, like, where you're like, okay, when's this combo gonna be over so I can fight back? And you're like, <laughs> oh, man. but Like, I, I hope Capcom, like, doesn't update and nerfs the hell out of him, because he's annoying. But, yeah, so... And um and the only other thing is like I've also like on my usual Friday game night with the guys, I've been playing Battlefield One and like we're having a lot of fun with that game too. Like it's it's fun, uh like being in a giant war zone and you know, like I, I enjoy uh, riding in the sidecar of motorcycles and like laughing and being like, I'm Bert Ward like na 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 and I was like I was like, Hey, shoot the sidecar off and I'll go flying off that cliff or whatever, you know. But it doesn't. It can't do that, but it would be hilarious if it could. So, yeah, so those are my awesome things for
0: the week. Cool. I, I was going to ask you, Mike, uh, uh, as far as Overlord, did you ever get Overboard?
1: Oh, what, the uh, Overkill Titan yeah. Master? No. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, I mentioned him to you before. If you ever get a chance, he should be cheap. And it's a more IDW head if you ever want to go for that. So
1: yeah. Well, the only thing is, like, since he's leader class, like, his all he has on the back of his Titan Master is a face. Like, he doesn't have a helmet or anything. So, like, the the standard size Titan Master is like like Overboard has a helmet on his face too, doesn't he? Like, he so does. His,
0: so he might be problematic.
1: Yeah, his his face is probably going to look a little smaller or compact in in Overlord's uh, helmet. So yeah. But you know, all the, the the helmet, the face he has now is pretty okay. Like he's got this this
3: sort of a smirk to him, and yeah. But oh, cool. So my my secret brother who has Mickey Dolan's beating the hell out of a Coca Cola vending machine. <laughs> what what is your awesome thing, or maybe you have multiple awesome things in your world this week?
0: Well, I guess I'm I'm secret brothers with Justin and Mike. I have three. <laughs> It's been a while, guys. We I mean, we get to indulge sometimes. Um, my first one is uh, a character I thought I would have trouble getting, but lo and behold, sometimes Walmart does come through. Not as cool as Overlord, but I think Mike would attest, still pretty cool. I actually managed to get Misfire a couple weeks back, and uh, great remodel of Slug Sling- uh, not Slug Slinger, but Trigger Happy. Uh, the The colors are great. The face is awesome. Uh, I, I just love everything about the character, and uh also really like the uh, vehicle mode. Um, one of my favorite things is the Scavengers from the uh, IDW comics. They're a bunch of ragtag, you know. They're, they're trying to be heroes now, which is interesting. I actually am caught up now, Mike. <laughs> and, yeah, I just like Misfire, so that thats, that's was really cool. I, I think it's a good figure. Anybody should get them. Uh, they have all three Target Masters now as far as the Decepticons, so totally pick those up if you get a chance if you're a fan yeah, of Transformers. Good,
1: good mold, yeah
0: yeah exactly um also one thing that is kind of like divisive with people i've really gotten to the into the jada metal figs these are like not even an inch tall they're very tiny uh derek said it best they remind him of the uh, micro collection from star wars and the paint can be a little iffy i know derek has one he has a black suit spidey um i've actually got a couple of these guys and uh I was telling Mike, there's even some Street Fighter, uh, you know, well, actually, they have all the uh, original 12 World Warriors from Street Fighter 2. And I like them. I don't know. They're, they're hefty. The paint apps are not, like, super, like, clean, but they, they're they really good, I think. I think they're, especially if you kind of go through them and pick the ones that have, like, the good, you know, uh, line delineation and, like, they actually keep inside the lines. They're really good. Um, they're just fun. I don't know. It's, it's, it kind of brings back a kid mentality to me. And lastly, I, I know uh, I said this before, uh, this is my third thing, I was looking forward to the Orville, and honestly, the show is not perfect, I'm not going to be one of those guys who's like, oh, so much better than everything else on TV, well, no, no, it's not. I really enjoy the Orville, uh, it, it's six episodes strong now, it gives me a really strong TNG vibe, and the comedy is not as heavy as people want But I think that makes the show better. I think if it was like Family Guy in Space with fart jokes all the time and just like, you know, fucking, you know, Ed Mercer like punching Bordis in the face and being like, you know, shut up, Bordis, You know, that would just be like dumb. That's not a show I want to watch. And the Orville, it really does remind me of TNG, especially the first season where TNG had some hiccups, wasn't always great, but I was interested in the uh, universe and I want to see more. So that makes me happy for like, something that's not star trek that i think is kind of star trek you know it's like yeah this kind of gives me like nostalgia but it's also something new so I, I would definitely recommend at least checking out orville it's uh again not perfect but if you love star trek i know justin is is a fan he's not a huge fan me and him are, are similar We we like the episodes and we want to keep seeing more come out of it
3: yeah so I, I totally feel peer pressured. I was just going to do one awesome thing, but I guess now, <laughs> now now I have to do three. So so uh, uh, about a week ago, so this is kind of uh, bending the time streams and everything, I went down to the uh, SACCon in Sacramento. It's a Comic-Con out there. I got Howard Chalkin's autograph on a Blackhawk poster, and it's the poster that is the cover of the first issue of the prestige format miniseries if you guys are familiar with his three issue prestige black hawk uh, miniseries it's actually that first cover where it's got Janos proska on the the front and then there's the american flag in the background and everything so i i was able to have him you know sign that um, he, you know he obviously wrote and did the art for uh, for that miniseries and so it was it was pretty cool to get his autograph on that poster um, for my second thing um, I've been kind of into getting the uh, fuch's articulated icons figures mainly because of their potential to be six inch snake eyes and storm shadows um, they have a kind of basic ninja and if you buy certain pieces like i bought the kind of sleeveless arms for the white ninja and so once you sort of put all the the proper pieces and snap them all together and then get a little uh, i guess decal for the cobra logo um, you pretty much have yourself a a six inch storm shadow fairly out of the box and then uh, for snake Eyes, it's a little more complicated but uh, glassman customs who i've mentioned a number of times on Fanhole's podcast. He, you know, he did some work for me with the, the Richard Dragon custom figure and the Gorilla and those kind of things. And then, you know, getting like, you know, heads of like, you know, Coulson and Bruce Banner and things like that. He does a number of, you know, customized heads and everything. So based on sort of the popularity of the articulated icons, he's actually got a number of different options for Snake Eyes heads. So I got the quote-unquote modern ninja And uh, I do have the, uh, I guess you'd call it, you know, Volume 2, Version 2 of Snake Eyes with the kind of, you know, uh, uh, grill visor that Snake Eyes has. And so that was the head I went uh, Derek with. Eric, is called the night visor. <laughs> the, the, the night visor. Yes, I've got I've got the night visor head for that. And so the the, the only thing that's interesting is I'm I'm trying to rationalize like it, he doesn't quite look like the the modern ninja doesn't quite look like that version of Snake Eyes. So I guess I'd have to figure out like it, it might look a little better if I could find some kind of six inch grenade strap. And I'm I'm thinking probably the easiest thing to use. It's kind of like that syndrome you have with uh, the cinematic uh, Marvel Legends Falcon, where he does not come with any guns. So I feel like now I need to buy like, four uh, DCUC Vigilantes, because I'm pretty sure Vigilante has the right Uzi for Snake Eyes and the dual-wielding Falcon. So if I just somehow buy, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like... Four of them, I'll have enough Uzis for everybody, or whatever. Um, but but other than that, like I mean, it, it is kind of cool to have you know kind of a a representation of uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow kind of piecemeal together from various sources. You know, the the Foosh articulated icons and the uh, the Glass Man custom head that's uh, fully painted and everything. Uh, so so that is my second thing, and then uh, the third and final thing because we're doing this in threes is uh i i was recently uh made a member of the legion of super bloggers and uh my official legion of super blogger name is articulated lad because i'm going to be doing reviews uh (laughs) of the the uh 12 in or the uh 12 pack uh dcuc uh legion of superheroes box set from mattel because i i already have those and then uh the one of the uh you know main uh showrunners of the legion of super bloggers uh they call him little russell burbage uh russell actually had a number of the dc direct figures and so he sent those over to me so i can review them for the site after i'm done with the the twelve pack uh, Mattel set. So you know, hopefully, you know, on a monthly basis, you know, whenever you hear this, the more than likely there will be some reviews up there on the Legion of Super Bloggers. Um, not not just you know mine, but of course there's going to be tons of different stuff regarding the Legion that that site's been active for. Uh, a really long time now but there will also be those kind of you know toy reviews and everything like that so all those things were really awesome um as far as you know things that are awesome in my world this week and i enjoyed hearing what everybody else's awesome thing was this week and uh i guess you can you know if you have any questions concerns comments feedback if you love the monkeys if you think mickey Dolans is the greatest guy ever and you want to tear him apart like a mannequin and you think i'm a big duty head you can send your concerns and emails to fanholes podcast at gmail.com you can of course find our shows including this proper podcast on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com we can be streamed on Stitcher Radio we're on iTunes we appreciate all the feedback that we receive we're on all kinds of social media Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram if you liked listening to the proper show, you can of course check out all our various spin-off shows. We've got Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Mobile Suit Mondays, Sentai Saturdays. We've got Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them? We've got Big in Japan where we talk about anime, and we've got justice not entirely like lightning a thunderbolts podcast so we've got all those different shows for you to check out and of course there's always weekly content on the fan halls podcast so we hope you consider checking out all those various shows and you know of course don't stop listening to blue cupcakes month strikes back and uh yeah so this is going to be derek derek wc and the monkeys uh, are the craziest peoples signing off
2: Hey, <laughs> it's Mike signing up. This is Justin saying Goodbye, goodbye, bye, goodbye.
0: And this is Tony saying,
2: Dable, come on. Davey, come on! Fanholes is the craziest people. At first, I thought this movie made Mike punch himself in the face like that. Was- <laughs> yes, I was like, oh that's no, why, that's why I picked that. out. Our-
0: it, it's not a bad movie. It's just it is weird though.
2: Mike was like, I'll do it, but I want to be killed immediately afterwards. Yeah. So
3: we're 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 all here now. Oh, okay. Should we do the Should we do the the Blue cupcakes. Do you want me to intro it at all, or do you do you want to do the whole thing?
2: I I just figured you'd like take it to me like okay. after like okay. introduction. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. Something.
3: I got it. Hey guys, welcome back.